Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Monday Main Point. It is Monday, May 24th, 2021, and uh, we are here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church, where uh, we're going to do what we do on every Monday. Well, unless we're busy doing other things that we have to put off till Wednesday. Uh, or like uh, a holiday next Monday. Oh, yeah, like a holiday next Monday. So next Monday will be a, another midweek Main Point. We try to keep these on Mondays, though, because it's fresh, come out, you know, come off a of Sunday, we come in here and we do we we discuss uh, the Sunday message and uh, as as a pastoral staff, um, I'm Jonathan Hendrickson. I'm the associate pastor here, and um, I'm sort of uh, I guess the the host, the moderator of this group. Uh, but we're a, a large team here, so let's see. I've got Jeremiah Custer, our youth pastor; Blake Flincham, our children's pastor; and Jeff McCarthy, our senior pastor. And uh, we are here today to talk about Sunday's message. We've been focusing um, a lot. Uh, we don't always do this, but I, it's almost like we decided to make, um, I think we fell so in love with those sermon series we were doing before that uh, having a theme to work around actually is really good. And Yeah, I, I, you know, once I pick a verse, I usually try to work around that verse as a theme without having like a sermon series. But it's kind of like we, we turned this one into a, unofficial sermon series so. yeah 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 so but i really liked it i've enjoyed yeah. it it's it's this this idea you know your blog was all about let us come boldly uh the the memory verse for that for the month of may has been uh the hebrews four sixteen, where it talks about coming boldly to the throne of grace where we will uh attain mercy and find grace and and, and help in our time of need and we've talked about these individuals who have are are examples of coming boldly um and uh, so Blake was filling in this past Sunday um, since you were out of town and um, decided to go um, to uh, a passage that honestly can be an, it's another one of those passages that can be a little bit of a difficult passage yeah. if I'm if I'm being completely honest um, but it comes from out of Luke 18 1 through uh, 1 through 8 I believe and um, I'll just read these real quick. We'll just kind of set the, set the context here. Um, Jesus tells them a, a parable on the need for them to... It, Luke's clear as what this parable is about. It's a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. So Luke tells us out of the gate, okay, this is what this particular parable is about, right? And he goes, and then Jesus says, okay, there was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect man. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary, against my enemy, right? For a while he was unwilling. But later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. And then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay to help them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that faith on earth? So <clears throat> I actually like something that Blake said about this out of the gate. That <clears throat> um, I think when, when people look at this as a difficult passage, they might look at it as a difficult passage because... They're trying to make a one-to-one -one analogy, right? And they're like, okay, well, who is God in this story? 
Uh, well, he's got to be the judge, right? Uh, and, and who are we in the story? Well, I guess we're the widow. Uh, okay, well, we want justice and we're going to God, but he's saying, I don't really want to give you justice. And the only way we're going to get justice from God is if we pester him over and over and over. Well, that's clearly, I mean, that's not the picture that the Bible gives of God. And if you walk away from that story thinking it's a one-to-one analogy, then you've, you've done a disservice to this text. And you've, you've miscommunicated who God is, right? I mean, yeah. um, and so I, do, do you think that some people might, uh, might have a tendency towards that, that, that uh, to, to, to read something like this, especially if it's a new believer or, uh, or someone who's not real familiar with, 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 with how you know, different ways that the Bible uses, uh, different literary devices the Bible uses, they might read this and, and, and read into that. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think we do that in general. Uh, we're quick to make uh, connections with the parables, um, and we're far too often we the first connections we make are pretty much always wrong. Uh, especially like with yourself, you always kind of see yourself. Some I think too often we put ourselves as the hero in the story, or mm-hmm. we want to see ourselves like that person to to be like that person, uh, and so. Far too often we do that, especially with the parables. And in this one, it just makes sense. When you hear about a judge, it's always God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this story, it's not. And your my, my favorite quote from the whole sermon was when you said, uh, it's it's a lesser, greater. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. getting. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead yeah. and say the quote if you can say yeah, it. Yeah, so what Jesus is actually doing here, he's making a, a lesser to greater argument. So, for example, mm-hmm. if A is true, how much more will B be true correct and that's what he's getting at in this parable and right. if we were to interpret it as okay the un, the just the, excuse me the judge is god and the, we're the widow we're we're just going to have a bad hermeneutic right we're not going to read this passage right and we're not going to be able to comprehend what jesus is getting at and if we do read it that way that's where i think a lot of people have problems with this passage because there's going to be some semi-problematic text later on yeah. in the passage. Jeff, why, why do you think it is that we have a tendency to do that, to, to put ourselves as the hero in the story and stuff? I mean, like, I was thinking about what you were saying, Jeremiah. Like, if I'm even going back to stories I heard as a kid, like the Three Little Pigs, nobody ever puts themselves in the Big Bad Wolf's position, right? I mean, nobody ever thinks of themselves as the Big Bad Wolf. We're all like the pigs. We, we sympathize with the pigs. We sympathize with, you know, um, whoever the hero is in the story. Why is it we do that? Well, I mean, that's just our tendency in our nature by looking at literature uh, and watching movies and things like that we we all tend to kind of relate to a character or a person in the story that we can relate to uh, from your perspective sure. and so we do the same thing with the Bible at times we'll you know we'll see ourselves as maybe someone in the story that we're really not <laughs> but we should be yeah um, and then unfortunately a lot of um moralistic preaching and moralistic teaching taught people to do that as well yeah like yeah. you know the great I remember Jeremiah when we were doing David and Goliath we had I think we had used him in our um, when we used to do the uh, family night worship yeah, right and, and for the whole story you know instead of seeing uh, us as as David we're not David no in the story no you know the yeah. story's about Jesus. Yes. And so if we're not careful, then we become David trying to overcome a giant, which we're never, we're, 
meant to overcome the giant to begin with. Right, right. And so, we're incapable of overcoming the giant. Right, right. We're the scared, we're the scared soldiers in the story. But if I yeah. do these three the point, if I do point A, B, and C, then I can overcome my giants because God does want me to be the David in the story. Yeah. So a lot of moralistic preaching and teaching and behavioral change and things like that gets used in that way. There's sure. nothing wrong with it per se because a lot of it is good and you do need to overcome giants and things like that. But but you've got to find out what the crux of the story is. And in this case too, then by looking at the crux of the story, um, you know, if we do that, then we look at God as being annoyed by us. When yeah. Jesus clearly said, no, we shouldn't give up. We should always continue to pray. So, so it's not like God is annoyed with us. Right. Even though Blake said God wants us to pester him in prayer. <laughs> not in a way of a sense of he's not going to help us. As right. a way of us knowing that if we do go to God, he will hear us. Right. may not answer the way we want, but he's still going to hear us and wants us to be persistent. Exactly. And I think maybe, uh, I know, I know you, the, the title is kind of cleverly pestering God. But I think, I think the, the real key here is maybe not as much as uh, pester, but persistence, yeah. right? Oh, for sure. And, and I, I, think, I think persistence is the word. Because I, 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 I do think that, that you're right. When Sometimes when I've read, maybe when, on first blush when I've read this story before, I look at it and go, okay, so God's annoyed with me when I come to him. Like I'm like this little kid pulling on his pulling on his shirt tail. Hey God, hey God, hey God, hey God. And like he he's not hearing me the first time I say it. Like I have to say it over and over again in order for to get for me to get his attention. But I don't think that's who God is at all. In fact, I think I think um, God hears our prayers um, the first time. Now he may like you said, you know, he may not um, answer them the way we want them answered. Right. But this idea, and I catch this a lot in, in just sort of cultural cultural Christianity. I think I've said in here before, where I'm from in Appalachia, we used to talk about the fact that, well, I, you know, that prayer didn't go any higher than the ceiling. You know, <laughs> like, like in other words, there's some sort of block that keeps my prayers from reaching God. Uh, whether it's a block that I've put in place or it's a block that, Satan's put in place, right? Or whether it's it's just you know my my my, my mind's not there, or whatever. Or that God's just not listening to me. But I think all those are incorrect assumptions when it comes to prayer, Jeremiah. Yeah, I think uh, far too often we put an emphasis on like God doesn't hear sinners' prayers. Like if you're not holy or perfect. Because uh, it's that it's that verse in James, right? That that God hears the prayer of a righteous, righteous man. man. Yeah, it, it avails right. much. Right. And so I think sometimes we think we've got to be righteous, which we, you do kind of need to be righteous, but in a different way. <laughs> but uh, um, we need to be perfect, or God won't listen to us. And right. so that if it's a sinner, if sorry for the squeak, if it's a sinner. Uh, that we know is a known sinner, right? That God's not going to listen to their prayers because they haven't got their sin together yet. Right, they've got their life put together, so yeah. God's not going to listen to them, and they're going to have to be more persistent. But that's not what we—that's not what we should take from this at all. In fact, I think using your lesser to greater than thing, um, what we see here is this. This um, well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Let's let's talk about just the story that we see here. Um, what is the story being told here? Um, just the, the, the base story 
um, what what the story that Jesus tells, just kind of put in your own words. Yeah, so basically um, what Jesus is saying is a, a parable with the earthly story of heavenly man. So there's this widow who obviously is probably like a, is seen as one of the lowly of lows people in the society. And all she wants is justice. And she goes to the person who she knows can grant justice. Right. The problem is the judge has... The judge wants nothing to do with her, because or with real true justice. Really, yeah, and the, yeah, and it's not in the judge's character to really give true justice because he doesn't respect God and doesn't really respect man. So yeah. if, if you don't respect God or man, justice is the least of your worries. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of blows her off whenever she's coming, and eventually she keeps coming and coming and coming and pestering him. And she's real persistent. And he gets to the point, he says, you know what? I'm getting weary. I absolutely cannot stand this woman. So I'm going to give her justice just so she will leave me alone. I'll give her what she wants so she will leave me alone. And then Jesus comes in and says, listen, God's not like that. Look, if that can happen in that scenario, think about what a loving God who is just, who does love you, who does want to hear from you, who is full of mercy, who is full of compassion, who does love justice, how much more will he be open to listening to you? Right. How much more will he be open to hearing your prayers? He wants you to have that kind of persistent faith. Yeah. He wants you to love him in a way to where you know that whatever it is, even if it's something small or something great, you can come to him and he wants you to come to him. So, so Jeff, is, is Jesus trying to say here that um, the only way that we can that that that, that we need in, in the same way that the widow uh, was persistent in order to get justice that in order for us to get justice we also have to be persistent that we have to uh, keep coming to him over and over again is is that what Jesus is saying here or or is he saying something slightly different uh, he's probably saying both which he normally does a lot mm-hmm. uh, so, so if you if you do have a, a problem or a trouble or an adversary or you're seeking justice and you feel like I'm not getting it, um, then what are your options then? Well, I need to ask again, mm-hmm. um, or I just give up. And he clearly he's saying he doesn't want us to give up or lose heart. He wants us to continue to ask. So I think maybe more like the widow is probably more like the church. The church without God because he's promised to come back and that's kind of like the con- overall context when he talks about you know well, will I find faith on earth so, so mm-hmm. while we're here on this earth then mm-hmm. we should be like widows and we're seek- seeking justice and all uh, because because Jesus is not here our husband is not here we have no husband right now but we do know that he wants to grant us justice right and so uh we just need to continue to ask and continue to wait, but then ask again, wait again, you know, until until we finally uh, persist in our prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer may not always be what we're looking for, but we've we've got to understand that He will answer in His time. Um, but it's not it, it's not my persistence that causes God to change His mind or anything, right? It's not like it's not like I'm. Uh, God's like, well, let me think about it. And then, 
I come out, and, and, and because I'm being persistent, God changes his mind on this on the subject and gives me justice. Right? It's it's not it's not a in other words, I guess God's justice is God's justice dependent on my persistence. No, but us uh, being persistent helps us understand God's justice. Yeah, okay. I like uh, that. I like so that. So the thing I, about it is it's like she wants justice. We don't know what kind of justice is it. Did somebody steal her land? Uh yeah, so that, like the cheater. We don't know. Not clear. Right, sure. All right. And who's her adversary? We don't really know. No. But for us then as a church, then we could see that um, in the day and age we live in, that we have many adversaries out there. Maybe it is an unjust law, or maybe it is, um, uh, you know, some somebody at work that we just don't get along with, and they're they're our they're our boss. So how do I deal with that? How do I continue to come to God and say, God, help mm-hmm. me, help me to be able to, to work with this person or help me be able to uh, uh, continue to try to live a Christian life? You know, whatever it is that we're seeking. Yeah. Um, you know, because prayer helps us then. Um, we, don't need, we don't need to pray because God needs us to pray. He, we need to pray because we need to pray. Yeah, yeah. We need to be persistent in prayer. So if you throw in, let's say, for example, like um, like my mom, you know, I just did her funeral. Right. Well, for 12 years after she got saved, she was praying for my dad to get saved. Mm-hmm. And finally he did get saved 12 years later. Mm-hmm. Now it would have been great if he would have got saved, you know, 12 hours after she got saved. Right. But she persistently kept coming to God, kept praying, and kept looking for him. Right. And so... Um, you know, if you have a child, if you have someone uh, that you're praying for or some need in your life that you're praying for and it's not coming quickly, just keep being persistent and just trust God that, you know, in, in time, hopefully the prayer will be answered. So, yeah, Jeremiah, I like what he said in, in that it's, it's not so much that our persistence brings about justice, but our persistence helps us better understand justice, right? Um, so, because... Jesus even says, will not God grant justice to those who cry out to him day and night? Will he, will he delay to help them? Will, he's saying, will God delay to help those? He says, I tell you that he'll surely grant them, he'll, I'm sorry, he will swiftly grant them justice. He's not going to delay his justice. Um, he's going to swiftly grant justice. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think, I think that the problem is, for us and for, for anyone who's praying is that we try to see justice as something that's separate from God, meaning that it's something that's obtainable over here, mm-hmm. but true justice doesn't exist without God. Right. right. That it's it's a part of his character. Sure. So when you're praying for things, and one of the things I love about parables, so anytime you read a parable, the awesome thing about parables is Jesus gets to use the characters he wants and he gets to make them say what he wants. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, a true narrative or a true historical narrative, right? Where where you're kind of you're kind of um, limited, with limited, what, stuck limited to what's what, actually happening. Right, right. But when you tell a parable, you can use all the information you want to use. You can make the characters up. Yeah, because one of the funniest things in here is when the the judge said he literally says uh, in his head. Um, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, no one would say that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but Jesus knows our hearts, right? Like, and I think sometimes our hearts say that, even though we wouldn't ever verbally say that. Right. But, but it's nice to have 
the judge actually say that. I don't respect God or man, but I'm going to... Right, yeah. See what I'm saying? So my whole point was that if you see justice apart from God, then you're going to... It's going to be a tainted form of justice that you're trying to obtain. But but when we go to God in prayer, it shows that we understand that justice only exists. The justice we want only exists in God's character. Right. He is justice. It's not this. He's he's trying to grant justice. No, he is just. He is justice. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it would be against his character for justice not to prevail. Right. So when we pray, you want to consider those things like. It's almost like praying, like when you pray for justice, it's almost like praying for God to just be God. Mm. And of course God's going to grant that prayer because it's a part of his character. Right. Um, and, and it just shows a recognition that, that yeah. I understand, God, you're God. I want your justice to prevail here. Yeah. Um, well, and sometimes, let's just be honest, we don't want God's justice, we want our justice to prevail. Yeah. And so when we get and upset... When we, say swift, when we say swift and when God says swift... I think that that means two different things. Because mm-hmm. swift for God could be 20 years. It could right. be 50 years. Swift for us is microwave. Yes, yeah. Right. I mean, right. like microwave, yeah. right? Like, yeah. uh, it, it means I want this to happen now. Right. But remember, God is a God of mercy and he's a God of patience. Right. And so his justice is different. So overall, and the, 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 the main idea that Blake presented us with in this message is that God wants us to pastor him in prayer. And the thing that Blake was trying to answer is, okay, well, what are the reasons why we would say that? And reason number one that he said, and this really gets into, okay, why pray? Mm-hmm. Why pray to begin with? And, this, and I'll be honest with you guys, this is a question I've wrestled with before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and, I, and I don't think I'm alone in this, um, especially when you consider, okay, well, God, God, if God is justice and God is God and God is all these things, why do I need to pray? Like, like he's God, he's sovereign, he's in control. Um, shouldn't I just be quiet and just submit? Like, why, why do I pray? And yet Jesus tells us to pray, so we know we're supposed to. And then he gives us examples of this as to why we should pray always and not become discouraged. Okay, so it's clear that we're supposed to pray. So why do we do it? And Blake gave us two reasons um, one is that um, we we have a great need. Um, just simply, we have a great need. Now, that need, um, I'll, I'll let you kind of flesh that out a little bit more, Blake. Um, when you say we have a great need, are you talking speci- are you talking specifically about salvation here? What, what what did you have in mind? Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, and it, obviously that point was based off the need that the widow had. She needed justice. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying there, yeah, there's a great need for salvation too. But if, even if you do have salvation, there's still a need to pray because now you have a relationship and now you have a need to talk with that person. So like all three of y'all are married in here, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't go, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten days without talking to your wife. Because... Have you talked to Jeremiah? <laughs> 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 but uh, I'm sorry, buddy. I was just I'm messing with you. <laughs> yeah, but it's, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, but mm-hmm. if there's going to be a if you, and let me put it this way: if you do that, you're going to have a pretty miserable marriage. Right. It's going to be a bad week. Right. <laughs> or maybe it is already yeah. a bad week. <laughs> but because you have that relationship, there's a need to communicate. Right. There's a need to communicate, and two, um, 
there's a lot of times we don't know what the Lord's will is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can kind of generally know because some things in Scripture, like, you know, it's God's will for our sanctification, for us to pray and rejoice always. But there's some general things we know. But when it comes to some specifics, a lot of times we don't know mm-hmm. what the Lord's will is. Sure. And that's one reason we do pray is to align ourselves with God's will. Mm-hmm. And also, a part of that relationship, yeah, God's plan is going to happen, but He wants His church. He's given us an opportunity through prayer to be a part of His greater plan. Yeah. So through prayer, we can be a part of God's greater plan, and especially when we pray for something in the Lord's will. That's why Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's in the Lord's will, He's going to grant it because of His goodness, and He wants you to be a part of His greater plan. And, a lot, and that's what salvation is all about. And what I mean by salvation, basically us being saved from sin and death. Right. And turning and believing in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Right. Is basically what I mean by salvation. And that's God's plan. And you see that that was God's plan ever since Genesis 3.15. Right. Where he promised that there would be a rescuer for sin. And basically he wants us to be a part of that rescue mission because it's his mission. He... Scripture says he desires for all men to be saved. So that's an overall narrative. Mm-hmm. And one way that we can be a part of that narrative is through prayer. And if we don't pray, we lose out on the blessings of being a part of that greater plan or through some of those specific things. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense. I actually like the fact that you're couching the idea of, of the need doesn't stop once we have our greatest need fulfilled. So yeah. if our greatest need is certainly our uh, a, a reconciled relationship with God, our right. Creator, through faith in Jesus Christ, that's our greatest need. Right? Yeah. We need to be reconciled back to God. Right. All right, so if that's our greatest need and our greatest need's filled, um, that doesn't mean that, that, the, the, that, okay, well, we're all good now, uh, that there's still a need there. There's a... Because... Like you said, relationships involve, and when we preach this in marriage counseling, Jeff, and we, we preach how important communication is in every relationship, and yet so often we neglect to communicate to God um, and communicate with God and allow God to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I do think something you touched on there a little bit is that, um, you know, we need, we'll have, we have these needs that come up, right? And I know this has been the case in my life before. I'm praying about something. And just in the course of praying, right? Just in the in the course of praying and talking to God out loud, talking through a problem with God, maybe a new angle or a new perspective will, will come to mind on that issue. And suddenly I find myself praying differently about that thing that I was when I first started. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and like for example, back when I was a uh, fifteen, let's see, fifteen or sixteen, and my great grandmother was in the hospital mm-hmm. for she was in the hospital for ten days, and I was praying, Lord, I pray that you know you would just take her out of the hospital, that you would you know heal her, and she'd be back home with us. And mm-hmm. eventually, we were starting to see that that wasn't going to happen because the Lord's will was to take her home to be with Him. So. My prayer really transitioned into, all right, Lord, we see that you're going to take her home. I just pray that, um, I just pray that it would be smooth for her. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one example. It might be morbid, but it's just one. No, no, no. I mean, it's not morbid. No, it's not morbid. It's normal. Yeah, I think it's just human. That's what people need to pray. Yeah, 
many times they want to hang on to someone when really they need to be saying, okay, Lord, take take my loved one. Yeah, right. I mean, you just went through that. You're, we, we, yeah, and then it's my mom. I mean, you know, if she was supposed to, supposedly was going to die before Mother's Day even got here, so I went down there and did Mother's Day with her. Right. And I gave her flowers like, look, I'm giving you your flowers now because, you know, I want you to see them and enjoy them now. Right. But, um, but then she kind of held on for another week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was several things that was going on. She got a chance to talk to my nephew that was in California that's been there forever. Find, they found him, found a number, got, got a chance to talk to him, and she got the chance to uh, FaceTime with a couple of people too. So she was obviously holding out to finish some closure with some people. Right. Um, and so that's, you know, prayer is communication. And I think we did a bulletin thing. Do you remember what the bulletin? We had a bulletin image too. I actually have that. Uh, it kind of tells. Oh, yeah. It was really a good quote. Yeah, it was, I've got, yeah. I've got it here. It's the value of persistent prayer, is not that he will hear us, but that we will finally hear him. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so, a really great quote. Exactly. I really like that. So if I'm if I'm being persistent in my prayers and. Uh, and I want God to hear me, but God's probably already answering that prayer or giving me a scripture or giving me some kind of impression through His Spirit, but maybe I'm not listening or hearing. Mm-hmm. So finally, so finally, then, in my persistence, I'm finally hearing what God's got to say. It's kind of like, you know, you guys have kids. Right. So ultimately, you know, all your kids are going to graduate from high school. We hope. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so if you told your kid when they're, their first day of school in the first grade, like, hey, you're, you're getting ready to go to school, and eventually you're going to graduate. Right. So you don't need to talk to me about anything, um, any needs or anything you have up until that point. Then once you once you graduate, I'll help you again when you want to go to college. <laughs> well, what's, what's that going to do for you? you right. So, so communicating with God through our lives and through everything we face, you know, it's just a process we go through. Yeah. And so he knows our point B. He knows our end point, our right. end time. He knows when we're we finally fulfilled everything we're supposed to do, and our work here on this earth is done. Mm-hmm. But we're right here. We have it. We don't know what that looks like or where it's going to be. Right. So as I navigate through life, I better be talking to God and and trying to seek His will, so that when I face these hurdles and everything that happens my way. I don't get discouraged and lose heart and like I'm done with it. I'm not even going to pray anymore. He's not listening to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting my justice swiftly enough or whatever it is that we're doing. So he keeps us focused on that relationship with him right. throughout. Yeah. Because salvation is our greatest need, but our relationship with God technically is really our greatest need. Right. Yeah. And we enter into that at salvation and we continue that on throughout eternity. Correct. And so this earthly time is this window of opportunity we have to try to live for him on this earth and try to uh, try to encourage other people to join with us and join with Jesus and to get get to where you're at that point as well. So one of the things I, I want to build off of that and go back to something you said you were talking about when we were talking earlier on this subject here. Before, well, before we move on to the second reason, Blake, yeah. one more thing on, on our need. You mentioned that, Jeff, that that, that that in some ways this this whole passage, this passage isn't just that maybe the, the widow in this, is sort of, at least as a Christian is concerned, 
is not just the individual, but the church as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. That is the church. And Jeremiah, while I, I would certainly say that, that primary to, to, to prayer's importance is our relationship to God, but God doesn't want us to just pray in isolation, right? I think one of the values in prayer um, really is being able to, to do it as a, as a family of God, yeah. right? So that when you have a need, um, and you, you come and you say, hey, I've got this need, and I want you to pray with me. Now we as brothers are praying about that issue. So, so how important is that sort of community aspect in prayer? Yeah, I think um, the community aspect of prayer helps us to, it, just different perspectives help you to, to kind of couch that prayer better in God's will. So sometimes mm-hmm. you personally are too involved in the situation to mm-hmm. maybe see how God is working, mm-hmm. but someone else in the community may be, because they're not as, as close to the situation, it's not as emotional for them, and it's right. not as heavy uh, for them, someone else in the community might have a, a better perspective on what God's will is or just a, a better means to uh, aligning our thoughts and prayers with, with God's will. And so it's just good to... When I hear someone else pray for my situation and maybe pray in a different way than I did, it, it helps me kind of realize that, that there's more at work and, and um, there's other people advocating for me and that my God's bigger than just my problems. And, right. Because that's, that's the thing for me with prayer. The biggest thing is is when I start the prayer, the problem looks a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, when I end the prayer, the problem is small and my God is bigger. Mm. Yeah, and I like so, that. I like um, that. But when you go to prayer, like the reason you even go to God in prayer is because you're like, man, I got this massive problem I can't take care of. Right. Well, at the end of the prayer, you realize it's not as, it's not as big a deal as I thought, but my God is greater. And, as long as you have that proper perspective of God, right? And, and I think that's, I think another benefit to it too, man, is is that um, if if I'm praying together with you, then we get to, sh- I'm going to share in the in the in the answer to that prayer, right? I'm yeah. I'm, I'm and you'll be so, looking. So I'm and I'm yeah. looking right, and, and so that that connects us. That it builds bridges. Well, like, like Bart, you know, we're praying for Bart to find a job, and he finds a job. We're we're rejoicing in that. We're happy, right, exactly. We're happy with him. Exactly. That's 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 the, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So I think I think prayer, while it helps to build a relationship with God, certainly, but I think it also serves to help build a relationship with other people and the, within the. The, the, the body of the church. Blake, the second reason you said we need to pester or be persistent with God in prayer is that not only do we have a great need, but that we have a great God. Yeah. Um, that, that really, um, and, and that deals in the second half of the text where Jesus is talking about, okay, look, this unjust judge can get it right, even accidentally, you know, because yeah. he gets wore out with it. How much more will your great God deliver justice and, and, and not fail to deliver justice, right? And so the reason why you should go to him is not just that you have a great need, but that you also have a great God, right? Yeah, and a part of knowing that we have a great God, I think we should always expect God to work because he is great. A lot of times we can pray, but a lot of times we've become so disheartened. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because like I said, it's easy. But it's easy to get disheartened a little bit. But sometimes through that, we forget about how great God is and how he wants to work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we just don't expect God to work. And 
we have to uh, part of praying is knowing how great God is and what prayer is if I'm teaching my kids in the kids ministry what prayer is I would simply say it's talking to God mm-hmm. and don't let that be cliche because when we talk when we're talking about talking to God we're talking about the same God who walked with Adam and Eve in the garden same God who called Abraham same God who provided Hannah a baby with Samuel called David uh, went you know provided a uh, an angel or whatever in the lion's den for Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who, you know, the same one who told Joshua, you know, I'll go before you, I'll fight your battles. That's the same God we get to talk to. Mm-hmm. Same God who became flesh and dwelt among us. So we have to realize how great God is and the goodness and don't forget about his personality, his character. And, you know, it shows here that God, it's, well, you see here that God's also a relational God too. And I think uh, that's where a lot of other religions might get it wrong at is it's not really a relational God, but mm-hmm. here, I mean, God literally became a man and dwelt with us. It doesn't really get any more relational than that. Right. And he's saying, look, come to me. I'm going to grant you justice. It's in my character, like Jeremiah said, to grant you justice because I am justice. And cry out to me. I want to hear you. And, you know, he's saying, bring it on. I'm, I'm big enough. I'm big enough to handle your problems. You have to be the one to know that I am big enough. Right. So, so Jeff, I, I, I think about like, <laughs> I, I remember when uh, I took my daughters to, uh, to to Disney World for the first time, and uh, m- my daughter, uh, my my oldest daughter Autumn, was you know very. She didn't meet strangers. She would talk to anybody, you know, and just had no problem talking to anybody, but. Suddenly, she gets to see one of these Disney princesses in, in, in the flesh, right? And the, the princess asks her a question, and Autumn just sits there and stares at her, right? Because she's intimidated. In this moment, she's found this larger-than-life character that she that is too big for her to talk to. And and I think that sometimes we think that way towards God, mm-hmm. right? God is, you know, in the same way that maybe not the Disney princess, but if the president of the United States walks in or or some world leader walks in, what do you say to them? But all of a sudden, we're talking about the God of the universe. Like Blake said, this is the same God we read about like that's leveling cities in the Old Testament, right? And, and, and so um, how can I relate to that God? How do I, how can I, you know, like how do I, maybe that's the reason why some people are so hesitant to just talk to him is because he's so much greater than what we can imagine. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like he's like it's almost an intimidation factor. Or I don't know what. What if I say the wrong thing to him? What if I? What if I? Um, what you know? What what if he uh, misunderstands me? Or what if I? You know what? I, I don't even have the right formal language to talk to him here. Like, what do you say to somebody like that? Well, if you remember, the whole <clears throat> idea came from from the pandemic where people started uh, you know, searching prayer and how to pray and things like that. And it just like increased like overnight, mm-hmm. 50%. And so those people are out there. And so they probably all had those questions. And, you know, how do I talk to God? Does, is, does God even really exist? Uh, is he a God that's punishing us? Or, you know, um, if I, if, if I cry out to him, is he going to answer my prayer? Or why didn't he answer my prayer? Why did my mother die? So, so all these things are out there. That's that's that was the whole point of the whole 
moving towards this kind of boldly thing that that we know that there are people out there um, that have all these feelings and have these misunderstandings about God. So how now then, that question you just asked me, how do we talk to people about um, yeah. you know, talking to that God? And so the, the problem is I think we get tied up in the answer, mm-hmm. in, in particular the answer we want, Mm-hmm. And the whole point is not necessarily the answer. The whole point is trying to have that relationship and trying mm-hmm. to talk to God mm-hmm. and feel like, hey, he, if nothing else, at least I've communicated with, with the sovereign ruler, creator of the universe. Yeah. And I've poured my heart out. And, um, and so, then, so then listening then, how did God answer that? Well, then God did answer that. God actually sent his son Jesus and he came to this earth and he he wanted to provide a way for people to come to God and have a relationship. And that same God, you know, was rejected and mocked and made fun of and spat on and uh, cursed and, you know, beaten and and actually was killed. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, the whole people that he came to save said, nah, we we're turning our back on him and so he died but and so so we then we're part of that too you know um but then he rose again mm-hmm. to, to prove who he really Amen. is and mm-hmm. that he really does want to uh, provide comfort and everything that we need right um in this time that we're in and so yes i'm sorry that your mother passed away of covid and i, I hate that that happened but but I can't give you peace. I can't give you any kind of peace. But I can give I can give you the person that can give you the peace because right. he is peace. Right. And so that's it just it gives us another way of talking to people um, about their situation because you know there I, I guarantee there's a lot of people right now that are angry at God. Yeah. For yeah. whatever reasons. Sure. And um, so you can't necessarily just come into them and like. Um, try to be the answer all to everything and you've got to be honest with people and say look there's times I'm angry as well right right um, but that's okay mm-hmm. you can be angry with God he, mm-hmm. he's big enough to handle it but again the anger kind of goes back to the answer that's not really what what it's about he, he really cares enough about you that he wants to have a, an eternal relationship with right you. so building off of off of that Jeremiah how does how does having a relationship with Jesus or knowing Jesus help us to uh, overcome this idea that God's too big for us to talk to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right here in this parable, right? The the person who's scared to talk to God or thinks he's too big to talk to God, that's the that's probably the perspective you should have with the first, the unjust ruler. Mm. Mm. That's like if I was going to that ruler, that's the mentality I would have. And so for me, prayer, a lot of prayer and what we believe about prayer is is intrinsically, essentially tied in what you believe about God. Mm-hmm. It just is. If you have the wrong perspective on who God is, you're going to pray wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just, just the way it is. Um, but God, and, and I, think, I think the biggest issue is, is that we have... There's two ways to overemphasize different aspects of God. You can overemphasize the love, mercy aspect of God, or 
I think our culture has the, a bigger issue in overemphasizing the justice mm-hmm. and the wrath side of God. Sure. The righteous wrath, which I would just say is justice. Mm-hmm. That's just how justice works. Um, if you don't have the proper perspective of both, like, for instance, if you've got a God and he's just all justice wrath, you're going to be, you're not going to, you're, you're going to be careful in what you say to him. Sure. Um, but if it's just all love and mercy, uh, then you're probably, you're, you're not going to be reverent enough or whatever. I think it's a good balance, just knowing who God is, that he cares. And um, Sorry. And, uh, That's okay. Unfortunately, um, we have this perspective, and you asked the question a little earlier. You were like, look, if God's, if God's mind doesn't change, mm-hmm. uh, if, if my prayers don't actually do anything, like mm-hmm. it doesn't affect God, um, then why even do it? What, what does my prayer accomplish? Sure. And uh, I think the better perspective is to see that God, uh, who is loving uh, and desires relationship, has created prayer for us. Mm. And so when he created the world, he created community. And it's not just community that he created. It's, it, it, it lies in his character as well, in the, in the Trinity. In the Trinity, right. right yeah. So... He's, he created us with community. He created us to desire relationship. He created us to desire relationship with Him. And mm-hmm. He made it to where um, we can communicate with Him. Now, are, are our prayers going to change God? Are they going to change His mind? Or are they going to change God? And definitely the answer to that is God never changes. So right. your prayers are never going to change the character of God. And your prayers are never going to change essentially who He is. Right. Which is a good thing, right? We don't, we don't, want, <laughs> we don't to. want a God who changes, right? We don't. But I think God cares about our lives. He cares about what's going on. We're not deists, right? We don't we don't believe that God created the world and He's outside of it. He right. doesn't he care away anymore. from it, right? Um, but we believe that He actually cares and that He actually listens to our prayers. And I think He's not reactionary to our prayers, but He's active in our prayers. Mm, okay. Um, so, like, if if if, I was just say, if our prayers that a little bit, I like that. If our explain prayers that. never did anything, then we could never actually receive salvation. Mm-hmm. Because what we believe about salvation is something like our nature, something essential to who we are, literally morphs into something else, mm-hmm. and that it's not us that does that, but God who does that in our lives. Mm-hmm. So we essentially we go from being enemies of God. And that's how he actually sees us to being friends of God or family of God. We go from being Christians. Um, so if, if that's true with salvation, I believe it's true with other things, uh, including things that he already has the will for. But I think uh, he's, he's created a system where our prayers actually affect things. They actually change things. Uh, if you need a good example of that, I, I ask you to just read the book of Nehemiah. And read how many times Nehemiah prays and what happens afterwards. Right. You could say, you could say, well, God was already going to do those things. Well, maybe because mm-hmm. God knows that that's going to happen in the future. That that Nehemiah is going to pray those things, and God already knew He was going to pray those things. Or you can see that God actually cares, that He's involved, and God, of course, has this overarching. Um, plan that mm-hmm. that is going to come to fruition but i think in the details uh god actually listens and it doesn't affect who he is it doesn't change his character right. but it does 
change how we interact with others and change how we interact with him in the world. Right, and it doesn't change his grand plan either. He's no. Gonna, it's, it's, we're not, we're not going to move that. You're not going to mess it up. You're not going to mess that up. I think up. sometimes we think like we're going to mess up God's plan. If I don't do A, B, C, D... Uh, it's going to ruin things. If anything, you just miss out on a blessing for your, you know, that That's you right. would have received from, from right. being in that. Well, I, um, we're, we're getting really close to the end here, but there was one more thing I wanted to touch on, and, and it, uh, bear with us, audience, and if you need to go ahead and go, you can, or you can listen to the sec- next section. We're going to go a little over here. because. Yeah. Uh, but I do like this. Something you said, Blake, that I've heard other people say, and I'd like for us as a group here to kind of discuss it a little bit is this notion of praying the scriptures mm-hmm. um, because I think there's there, there's some there's some real merit to what what you're talking about but I don't know if everybody understands you know why we would do that or how we go about doing that or what we mean when we say that so can we you guys care to take maybe five six minutes here at the end of this to, to talk a little yeah, bit about fine. that all right let's let's talk on that yeah a bit. So, so what I mean by praying the scriptures is seeing what's in scripture and affirming the validity and the truth of the scriptures and knowing that if God has put this in scriptures, he wants us to live by it. So this isn't, so to be clear, this isn't us reminding God so that God remembers, like God somehow never forgot what he wrote down in the Bible. Because I've heard people say yeah. before, you, know, you pray the scriptures so you can remind God of his promise. Um, so you're not saying that. No, what I'm saying is why I, why you would say this is say, hey, God, look, you know and you have put this. I affirm that you are who you say you are. You're never changing. You are who you say you are, and this is what I want to live by. So I'm going to pray this because I know it's directly from you, inspired by your Holy Spirit, inspired by you, and I know that this is your will, and you're going to make an opportunity to do that. And it's all about expecting God to work, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, with a for example, Jesus in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Go into all nations and make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. And if I say, All right, Lord, you've told me to make disciples. I want to live by that. I'm praying the scriptures. I'm praying what's something that's in scripture and say, Look, you've told me to make disciples. God, give me this week an opportunity to make a disciple. Mm-hmm. Give me an opportunity to share Christ. Give me the wisdom to see it and the courage to take it. Right. And He's, he's going to grant you that opportunity. Jeff, how do I practically do it? Do I just like, do I do, I, do, I do the whole uh, uh, thumb through the Bible, okay, and I'm going to blindly stop here. Now I'm going to pray this word here. Uh, like, am I going to pray, I'm going to pray this verse because it's where my finger landed. Or, or how, how, do I, how do I make this a practical thing if this is something that's good? Well, I mean, one thing, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it. Um, and I remember when I first got saved, I made it a goal to read through the Bible. I was able to do that and in my lifetime. I'm not bragging or anything, but I've read through the Bible uh, at least 12 times from one end to the other in at least six different translations. Uh, some of them I've done a couple of times. Did the old King James the first time. I'm like, oh, girl. Hey, you know. <laughs> I'm going to do that again. Because <laughs> so, no, that's, that's, that's what I grew up on. And it was like, sure, okay. sure, sure. And then I did the new King James a couple of times because that's what I use when I preach, but right. in the NL, NLT and the message and all. So it just gives you a fuller meaning. But but w- one thing I did, though, after I did the reading through the Bible was my first year. Um, Billy Graham said that uh, he would read a proverb, a chapter of Proverbs a day. Mm-hmm. And there's 31 chapters. Mm-hmm. And he would read five Psalms a day because there's 150 Psalms. And on the 31st day, 
he would read Psalm 119 because it's the longest one. Right. Like, and he would do that every day. So I'm like, that's going to be my goal next year. Mm-hmm. So I did that, actually did that for a whole year. And when you read the Psalms, it's, they're all prayers and stuff, right. primarily. Yeah. And then Proverbs is all kind of like wisdom, lit- uh, uh, practical guide to living your life and things like that. So I would suggest doing something like that. You don't necessarily have to do that, but let's say you would say that you wanted to just read through the Psalms. or um, And then those Psalms, as you begin to read through them, if you find prayers and all that you kind of like um, um, stand out or like, you know, it's something that kind of speaks to you, then, mm-hmm. you know, highlight it or mark it. Right. And then maybe then after, after you do that, then maybe you have four or five or six Psalms that really had spoke to your spirit and all that, that, that you just want to pray them as your personal prayer. Like mm-hmm. put your name in them or put your family's name in them or put your friend's name in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of New Testament ones. And I think I did a sermon on one, uh, maybe even during the pandemic where I had people like write their name. In right. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of ways you can do that. And then just begin praying those for people. There's, there's a couple, of, especially Paul's prayers, I think, to the Ephesians or mm-hmm. one of them that it's really good, like if you have children, to pray that prayer over your children. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's all good stuff that you would want in their lives anyway. Right, right. So, so we that, can, that's a practical way of doing yeah. it. So one, but it takes time and effort and energy. Sure. you got, you got to like set aside some time. If you're a morning person, do it in the morning. If you're an evening person, do it in the evening. If you're an afternoon person, do it in the afternoon. Don't. Don't try to like do it outside of your regular routine because then it becomes a burden and a chore and it's something you're trying to do as, as a task as opposed to something that's part of your daily life. Right. Jeremiah, how do you, uh, how do you advise doing that? Like, is there a certain way that you've prayed scriptures before or some advantage that you've found in praying scripture that we've not touched on here? No, I don't have much to add, um, but I will say it, it just goes back to what Blake said from the beginning that when you pray the scriptures, it's so easy to align yourself with God's will. Because when we talk about prayer and we talk about communicating with God, there's two aspects, right? Right. There's prayer, which is me talking to God. Mm -hmm. And then God doesn't audibly talk back, right? Or at least he never has with me. What about that voice in your head though that you hear sometimes when you pray? Is that is that God speaking or how do I know? Uh, that? Conscience, I think God I can I think Jesus works with our conscience. In fact I think I think well that, that's a maybe another time. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, there's us talking, that's praying. Right. And then God speaks. That this is how he speaks through the word, through, yeah. his, through yeah. his, the Bible. That's why we call it that. So if we're going to have a conversation with God and it's just me talking all the time, that's not a good relationship either. Right. So you really want to have both sides of it. But then praying the scriptures, uh, I wouldn't pray all of the scriptures. I would pray the prayers in scripture. Um, uh, not, not, not to say that praying uh, like the Great Commission and, and commands, like help me to do this command this yeah. week, God, right. help me, those types of things. Uh, but yeah, I do. I do have one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, kind it's of good. off this topic. Um, I just want to say I. I think, I think we need to be better at uh, uh, allowing God to tell us no. Mm. Um, yeah, and that it be a good thing, and that you should be thankful for that. Like you should be thankful that God tells you no. 
And here's why. Uh, I'm a father. I have a son. Uh, he's kind of rambunctious sometimes, and he asks me dumb questions, like stu- like really dumb questions. Like <laughs> one dumb question the other day. Not uh, dumb, they're just children's questions. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dumb from our perspective, right? Right. Uh, but like, we were at the top of the stairs, and he's like, Daddy, can I jump down? And I told him what? No. no. Right? No. Because it was a... It's not a safe question. I don't want to call it a dumb question. <laughs> right, but, right. But because I know more than he does, I know that that's not good for him. Right. And because I love him, I told him no. Mm-hmm. Right? If we, if, if God always told us yes, that's not God. He doesn't care about me. Right. Right? That's your own genie. That's your own God that you've made. Uh, and, and essentially, <laughs> essentially, it's you. It, well, and that's it's the, you. Well, that's, and isn't that the danger of us being our own God? I mean, it's yeah. what got us in this predicament. You watch, go watch all back the, the Jim garden. Carrey movie. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a great example of yeah. God told you yes for everything. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. The, I mean, there's not, like, so I, I use that funny example to just show that I promise you, you've asked for things you, you don't want, mm-hmm. you don't need, and that would hurt you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I tell my students all the time, I, I prayed for girlfriends I should have never, ever prayed for. Mm. And I'm thankful God told me no. So mm-hmm. we need to be more, like, I think that's a subject that no one wants to talk about, but we we should be thankful. We should be grateful right. that God tells that's me right. no. Well, it's right. kind of like, too, like, you know, Autumn's going to be going to school eventually for mm-hmm. college somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And she's going to apply, and she's probably going to have two or three that's going to be her where do I go? Well, she's going to turn to Jonathan and Christina and mm-hmm. say, what do y'all recommend? And y'all going to talk about it, and you're going to try to encourage her one way or the other. Yeah. But ultimately, it's going to be her choice. Yeah. And when she makes her choice, you're going to support her in it, mm-hmm. and you're going to help her uh, to, to be successful. Yeah. And so that's the same thing with God. You know, we are looking at maybe one choice we're praying about, but there may be two or three options out there, and if we're not listening and in tune with God, we may miss them. Yeah. And so we don't need to be disappointed in the answer because it's going to be the right answer. For yeah. Us. And I even like, I, I like that example because let's say that Malachi had jumped, right? <laughs> you said no, and he jumps, even though you knew it was a bad idea and, you know, it was a horrible idea. You're not going to be like, ha, 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 I told you not to jump. Now see, now your legs are broken. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. You made your bed lying. Yeah. yeah you're not, you're not, <laughs> I'm not taking you to the hospital. To yeah. Get your yeah. Bones. Yeah. Yeah. Get you, I guess you're going to have to get yourself to the hospital there, Malachi. So start crawling. <laughs> you're not going to do that. You're going to immediately run down the stairs yeah. to his help, run down there and go, why did you do that? I told you not to do that, but you're also going to care about it. You're going to care for him. Help heal up those wounds. Help him get better. Or whatever. He learns not to do it. Again. And yeah, and 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 then gently reprimand him too, right? Saying, you know, listen to me next time. And I think I think there's some I think there's some application of that as well. I, I I like that. All right. Well, we went a little long here, but uh, good stuff. Really good stuff. So great discussion today, guys. Jeff, um, I'll, I always ask this: Do you uh, you're preaching this coming Sunday, Memorial Day Sunday? So do you do you yeah. have well, an idea we'll, where you're going? Well, uh, we'll do a Memorial Day like a video, and but we're basically going to do the 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 guy that I was going to do next, uh, which is the guy that has the honest prayer. But I believe help my unbelief. Oh, that's awesome! Because I think there's a lot of people in our culture right now that want to believe, but they just they have unbelief. And as we're opening up, we're gonna we're gonna find those kind of people. So our life group right now yeah, uh, is is doing. That. In fact, I think our next lesson is on that text. Okay. So um, I, it's it's that's remarkable that you're doing that. So uh, yeah. So that's a great story. We're gonna be talking about doubt then, 
And um, but there's a big difference between disbelieving unbelief and believing unbelief. Yeah. And we'll talk, man. We, we can talk about all that stuff. Oh, yeah. That's gonna be good. It's oh, gonna yeah. be good next week. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, and uh, again, uh, we appreciate you tuning in and sharing this with whoever you want to share it with. Let us know what you think. Shoot us a line at rosbcpastors, it's plural, at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be glad to, uh, to have conversations with you. Uh, until then, though, until the next time we get together, have a great week and may God bless you all. So long.